Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the 16th edition of Consulting Growth Hour. The topic again is how to boost consulting sales in September. So who is this, this session for? As you know, it's for business to business consultants. If you've been here before, you know, that's, that's the, the focus of these sessions. When I say consultants there, you could be an advisor or a consultant who sells solutions, programs to organizations, whether they're small organizations, mid-size or large, whether they're private or public sector or nonprofit. Okay. So for today's session, you know, I'm going to be sharing, it's a broad topic. So I'm going to be sharing my personal experiences and my observations working with several B2B service providers over the years. And, you know, if it's okay with you guys, you know, I'm happy if, you know, if you folks want to jump in and chime in and talk about your experiences, given the time that we have, because September, the time of the year depends on where you're from, the markets you serve, and the, the industries, of course. All right. So I'm going to be sharing with you my experience and my observations, as I said. But if you want to, anybody wants to come on and talk about your specific markets, then I'm happy to do that as well. So today's session, if you've, if you've attended my sessions before, it's going to be a little different today. So what I've decided to do today is that I'm going to have a bit of an action-oriented piece at the end where I'm going to help you identify around 10 to 15 potential customers or referral partners during this session itself. Okay. So would you like that? Just uh, type in the chat. Let me know if that would be okay. So we want to do a, a little bit of an action session. Okay, good. Right, so let's get underway about on, on September. Why is September a good time to sell, especially consulting services? So there are a few factors. Let me just get into each of them. The first is social factors, right? I mean, Labor Day in this part of the world is, is the de facto or the unofficial end of summer. Kids are back in school. People have more time to, to focus on work and they come back into the office with, you know, a, a, just a few months left for the Christmas holidays and they want to kind of, you know, prepare for the, the final year or the next year rather. So they're, they're kind of in decision-making mode, right? So, and, and the other thing is that, you know, from a social perspective, like people are more inside than out for most in the most part, for the most part in the US and Canada, it starts to get a little cold. So unless you're from the, from the, so people are more inside than outside. So they're more focused on the job at hand and at work, right? They have more time, right? So that's as far as the social factors is concerned. Then you have a financial factors. Now, this is something I want to spend some time on. Okay. And it may differ from sector to sector and geography to geography. So with respect to the financial factors of why this time of the year is a good time to, to be out there and 
have conversations with potential buyers is that, you know, for most organizations in the US and Canada, and I'm speaking from my experience only, if you're from another part of the world, you can talk about your experience, but for the, mo for mo for the most part, for you, for the US and Canada, you know, the tax year is, runs from January to December, and most companies follow the tax year for their fiscal year. A fiscal year is nothing but a set of 12 months decided by the company or the organization itself, where they do financial reporting and they run their business, right? So a fiscal year usually follows a tax year in, in most countries and in, in the US and Canada. But, you know, sometimes depending on the industry, the fiscal year chosen by the company would be different. For example, in the retail industry, as far as I know, retailers like to have, like to start their fiscal year in February, right? So they, their fiscal year runs from February to January of the following year. And that's when, that's the period where they report results. And the reason that happens is because most of their sales are towards the end of the year, December, and then, you know, flowing into January. So for reporting purposes, like let's say they're down on sales, for example, they can, you know, push really hard and get their numbers up and then report for that, for that, you know, period of 12 months. So the fiscal year differs from industry to industry, country to country, sector to sector, but for the most part, and, you know, in, in, in private companies, not, not, not just, I'm talking about non-public sector companies, private sector companies, it's, it's usually January to December. For example, for me, my clients are mostly in the public sector. When I ran a management consulting firm, I sold to universities. And for universities, their fiscal year in Canada, I don't, I'm not sure about the US, but in Canada, their fiscal year ended on April 30th, right? So it was a different, it was a different system because they followed the, the school year and so on. So the reason the fiscal year is important is that buyers of any, 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 any products or services, right? Or generally departments and, and leaders and managers, they start preparing, they start, you know, going into budget mode towards the end of that Q4 or to the end of the year, which is typically Q4. We're going to start Q4 in October. So this time of the year is, is really important because decisions are being made. Buyers, influencers, sponsors, they're in meetings talking about typically the next year, right? In January, the start of the new fiscal, what, what are the plans? What do we need to do? How much budget we need to allocate for various kinds of services? So that conversation usually happens. It starts at this time of the year and it goes up on up to November, right? And a lot of, you know, for consulting, right? Based on my experience, a lot of buyers and decision makers want to book and complete their plans by, by the end of October, right? And they want to kind of, you know, sometimes there is a spillover till until the end of November, but they want to, they, they target the end of October to kind of, you know, get everything done. And then there's a lull again during the Christmas, Christmas holidays. And then they're back in January. And it's, you know, again, that's a great season as well, because they're back for the holidays and it's a new year and so on and so forth. So that's as far as the, the fiscal year piece is concerned. Now there's another piece of the, you know, financial, as far as the financial factors go, there's also leftover budgets for this year, right? Like budgets keep changing all the time and there may be leftover budgets for this year, for the current fiscal 
that buyers may want to spend, right? So companies, organizations, they, they may be, they may have some money, right? And if you're talking to the right, you're the right place at the right time and you're offering a service or a solution that addresses their pain, the immediate pain point, then you may be in business, right? So that's another reason why this period, September and October, and then, you know, up to November is a fantastic time for, for consulting sales. Okay. So we talked about the social factors. We talked about the financial factors. Now there's a final piece, which is the emotional factor as well, right? Now it's going to be, I mean, we, we're, we're leading into Q4. October, of course, as you know, is Q4. And people start thinking about the holidays, right? There's, they, they start making plans and so on. And they start thinking about the next year, like leaders, managers, and whenever you start thinking about the new year, you start making plans about, okay, 2023, the next year is going to be this type of year of year for us. We need to change X, Y, and Z. Here are the plans. Plans are being made, are formulated now as well, right? So there's that, that drive and that will to do well for the next year, right? And people generally start envisioning good things, right? It happens to all of us as well, right? Like new year resolutions are made left, right, and center. And this is, you know, this is the, this, this factor, the emotional factor is really taken advantage of by the healthcare industry and the, and the wellness and the, you know, the gyms, right? Because that's when they get their most business because people are in the mood for change. People are in the mood to do something and, and make those resolutions and so on. So that's an emotional factor as well as we get into the end of the year. Okay. Right. So what I want to do next is talk about what you can do to boost sales given these factors, okay? So for immediate results at this time, you know, you want to get back in touch with prospects that you've spoken with this past year that have fallen by the wayside. A lot of the times as salespeople, as business people, we want to meet new prospects. We want to meet uh, new connections and so on. But a lot of gold is, is left in the people that we've already met who may have fallen by the wayside for whatever reason, right? You may have got, gotten a no at that time. You may have you know, gotten something where the process could have stalled and so on. So remember, you know, if they've said no, it means no for now. It's not like they've said no to you. So it's, it's okay to kind of check back with them unless they've said, look, this is a, not a service that we need and uh, we're not interested, then that means it's, it's closed and it's fine. But then the prospects where you haven't got a firm no yet, it could be a maybe, or, you know, they would, they might've been busy, et cetera. And they, you know, that conversation simply kind of, you know, fell by the wayside. You want to pick out those folks, make a list of them and uh, reach out again to them. That's an immediate way to, that's, a, that's something that you can do immediately to get results. Because again, if they're influencers or buyers, this time of the year, if, especially if their fiscal starts in January, if this is the end of the year fiscal in, in December, they're, they're in a different mood, right? And it doesn't matter if they're small businesses or even, you know, even like 10-person businesses, Right, you still have that emotional factor. If you if you're if you're targeting really small businesses, let's say a ten person business or a fifteen person business, I define a small business as 
organizations that have that employ a hundred, you know, under a, under a thousand people, right? But some of you I know target even smaller companies, smaller organizations, 15 people or 10 people or whatnot, and you're talking to the owner of the company. So even though they may not have a formal budgeting process, they still, there's still that emotional factor of doing well in the next year. So they're in a different mood. So now's the time to reach out to those, to those old prospects, right? Now you may have reached out. The second piece is you may have reached out to potential clients during the summer and you may not have got a response and that may have fallen off, fallen down, fallen off by the wayside as well right? Those folks who did not respond, now's the time to nudge them because they're likely back in the office. They're, you know, they're, they're reading email more or they're, you know, there's a good chance they may even pick up the phone. If you have, if you've, you've got their number, rekindle those relationships or rekindle those, those activities of reaching out to these folks. Maybe there's a referral you got, or maybe somebody reached out to you and then there was a back and forth and, you know, nothing happened or, or whatever, right? I know because I've, I'm guilty of this as well, where, I don't usually, I mean, unless I'm like, you know, my, my, my bucket's really empty. I'm always, I'm always like, I'm not, I'm not like following up with a, with a, with a lot of people, a lot of prospects. I, I speak to a lot of people, but I don't follow up with a lot of people, uh, you know, from before because my current pipeline is very strong. That's my business right now. But, uh, but still, if I wanted to, I could just go dig back from the, you know, the past like nine months or eight months and see who I've spoken to, what those conversations were like, and, you know, bring those people back into a discussion. In my experience, a lot of salespeople, sellers don't do that. They always look for the, for the new, new prospect or a new connection and so on. But there's a lot of gold left in those, those folks where you haven't kind of, you know, got anything going. So the prospects you've spoken to over the past year and the folks that you've reached out to during the summer that did not respond. Okay. Those are two kind of low hanging fruit just to kind of, you know, make that list. And Ted has asked a question. I'll answer it right now. He says, would you include past clients on the list of your prospects? So that's my third point. So ramp up, ramp up outreach to your former clients, right? Not just to get them back on, you know, having a conversation about their organizations, right? Because you've worked with their organizations and you've, if, you've, if you've produced results in the past, then there may be opportunities in the future as well at this time when, when the time is ripe. So get your former clients back into the mix by reaching out to them or you know, you know, just doing a catch up for about 15 minutes and then exploring opportunities, not just opportunities for where you would work with them directly, but also for referrals, right? If you've attended one of my earlier sessions on how to use LinkedIn. I've talked about how you can leverage LinkedIn to get referrals, right? Uh, so you can check back on, you can watch the replays of that session. I'm going to be doing a small demo again, uh, you know, given how much time we have, we'll do, we'll do that a little bit about the whole LinkedIn plus sales navigator piece, where I'll show you how to, you know, reach back out to clients and ask for referrals, right? So that's number three, ramp up your outreach to your network for your, for your, to your former clients, both for opportunities where you can work with them and for referrals, right? Number four, ramp up your outreach to your network, 
folks that you have not worked with before or folks that you don't have a business relationship with. This could be anybody in your, in your network who has access to your potential clients and uh, you know, engage them and ask for referrals. And that's, uh, I'm going to show you how to do this in that demo as well, where I talk about sales navigator and, and LinkedIn. So folks that, you know, it could be a personal contact. It could be your, someone in your family or, or a friend perhaps that, you know, has a, has access to your potential buyer, right? Those are great for those, those make for a, for a good channel as well, right? So we've talked about four, four potential places. One is your, the prospects that you've reached out to in the past, but you haven't got a, a firm yes from. Number two, the potential clients or prospects that you have reached out to during the summer who, who didn't even respond. Number three, your former clients for both working with them again and for referrals. And number four, people outside of your client network, you who you haven't worked with before. They could be friends and family who could give you warm introductions to your buyers and influencers, okay? So that's as far as outreach is concerned. Now, there's one more thing that you wanna be doing at this time of the year, right? Like in your messaging and if you create content, for example, whether you create offline content or you create, you do, you do some speaking or you do online content where it's on, on LinkedIn or a podcast or whatever. If you're not doing those things, then you know it's, it's really time, high time you start because the world is changing, right? So if you're doing those things, then what you want to be, what you want to start talking about is, you know, the, 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 the upcoming new year, right? And associated trends, pitfalls to avoid, opportunities that you see related to, of course, your buyer and their organization and, you know, their needs. So your messaging should start talking about how, you know, 2023 could be different. What, what are the implications based on certain trends that you notice? What are the opportunities that people in your market can take advantage of? And also the implications of not moving fast on those opportunities or pitfalls to avoid. So those, that topic will make a lot of sense because remember, people are thinking about that new year. People are think, making plans. People are allocating budgets, right? So that's, you want to be, you want to be your, you want to be the best resource, your buyer during this period. So put yourself in your buyer's shoes and think about what are they thinking about right now? What are they talk? What are they afraid of? What do they want to win in the new year? What do they want to you know, retrieve something that they've lost. Maybe they've lost their reputation. Maybe they lost their brand or, well, you know, if it's relevant to you, then that's what you should be thinking about. What do they want to escape from, right? We, we, we know that a lot of organizations are talking about uncertainty, external uncertainty. Is that something on their, on their minds? Is that something on your buyer's minds? Talk about that. What do they want to stop happening? What is really, you know, what are they concerned about in 20, what, what were they most concerned about in 2022 that they want to stop happening in 2023? Those are some amazing topics that you can simply pick up and start talking about in your, in your content, right? And you can even kind of have one-on-one -on -one conversations, send out information, send out your thoughts to people on via LinkedIn or via a newsletter, or even just a one-on-one -on -one email right? You don't have to have this big social media following and so on. 
right? If you can put together 15 or 20 names from this, these, these exercises that I've talked, talked about, focus on those 15 to 20 people during the next two months and start talking about things that they may be thinking about right now. Okay. That's how you become the, become a resource for your market so that when they're ready to buy or they kind of, or you help happen to kind of make the right case for your services, then, you know, they will reach out. That's how I got a lot of business during, during my management consulting days. And of course, even now, because I do way more content back in the day, I used to do a lot of speaking. I used to, you know, do one-on-one emails. I used to have a small email list of, of buyers and, and influencers and so on. I used to, you know, produce, not produce a lot of content, but I used to kind of share resources, share white papers, reports and, and so on, and make, make it very relevant. So I was always a, a resource to people. Whenever I sent an email or I called or I texted, people would respond because they, they knew that I would not, you know, I would send them something useful for them. So that's how you build relationships. That's how you become a trusted advisor as opposed to simply a consultant or a service provider wanting new business, right? So again, be the best resource you can for your constituents, for your potential clients. Okay, so Doug says, is the demo part of today's session? Yes, I'll do it today. But here's the thing. Let's do this step by steps. Now it's almost 12.30 PM. So it's 30 minutes into the present, into the, into the session. Let's put this into practice right now. All that I've talked to you or talked about, because you know, the minute you, the most of us leave this session, life happens and you won't get back into doing this. So we have 30 minutes now. You knew this was a one hour session. So I would encourage you to just hang around right? And just follow the instructions. I have a few instructions right now. Take a, maybe you can have a, you know, open up a Word document or a notepad or whatever and, and do these sizes. So by the end of, in about 30 minutes, you'll have 10 to 15 people or potentially more that you can reach out to. Okay. Are you guys ready? Any questions so far? Type in the chat if this is helpful. So I know I'm on the right track. All right, Matthew. Thank you. Right. So let's go. So I talked about uh, four ways you could reach out and, and, and create a list of people. The first, number one is, uh, you know, think about the prospects that you spoke with this past year that have fallen by the wayside. Okay. If you have a CRM, a CRM is nothing but a, a tool, a customer relationship management tool. A lot of you, some of you may be using a CRM. I don't use a CRM. I just do it on Google spreadsheets. I like to keep things very simple. So wherever you note down prospects that you've spoken to earlier in the year, go back to that document, right? It may be even LinkedIn. Go, go look at your LinkedIn messages right now. It may, if you're using sales, sales navigator, go look at your customer lists or prospect lists right now and pick out names. Go back to your email, right? Go back to your LinkedIn DMs, even text messages, right? And here's the task. I'm giving you five minutes, figure out, make a list of five prospects, right? And if you're listening to this on the podcast, or if you're listening to this uh, replay of this on, on YouTube, find a way to do this right now. I know that if you're listening to this on the podcast, you may be walking or you may be in the gym, but find a way to do this exercise because it's going to help you. It's going to give you Im immediate results. Okay. So I have a timer with me and uh, I'm going to give you five minutes. If you have questions, just type in the chat, but if not, then 
Go ahead and do it and we'll, we'll reconvene in five minutes, okay? Your time starts now. You have uh, one minute left. All right, so that's, that's five minutes. Just type in the chat, uh, how many people could you think of? If I can get answers from each of you, that would be good, just to see where this is going. Ted, four, Doug, eight, awesome. John, three, Kyle. So that's, that's, this is good. Like, I'm sure that if you, can, if you spend some more time on it, you'll, you'll get more. CRM, eight to 10, LinkedIn, five, email, seven. That's brilliant, Matthew. All right, this is good. Munir, thank you, Pam and Wakar as well. Okay, so let's take um, another couple of minutes, maybe, or yeah, let's do two minutes for now. People that you, you, may have you, you may have reached out to in the summer that simply, or you were ghosted, right? Sometimes when, when people ghost you or don't respond to your message or, or, what, or whatnot, we get a little insulted. We feel that, you know, we've been disrespected or, or but you know, they may be a genuine problem. They may be traveling. They may have missed your message or they, you know, your message would have gone into spam or, or whatnot. So if, if you could look at your email or your LinkedIn DMs and quickly do a scan, I'll give you two minutes for that. Let's see what results we get. Okay, your time starts now. Okay, that's two minutes. Would you, uh, do you need more time? What are the numbers looking like? Can you please type in the chat? Kyle, that's great. Four. Wakar too. Good. Just keep making a make a make a list of all these folks. What about the others? Okay. So let's move on to yeah, Muni. Thank you. Three. Let's move on to the third exercise. So this again. Let's do let's do maybe two minutes because these these names would will come to you pretty fast. Make a list of past clients you could reach out to for a catch up past clients, think of the results you've got with past clients. And this could be not just the last year, but it could be, you know, the past two or three years or four years, whoever you've got great results for. Okay, so I'll give you two minutes and then we'll come back. All right, that's your two minutes. Also now think of the, yeah, first of all, like, okay, so how, what are the numbers looking like for, for, for the past clients? So John says two, Matthew three, Kyle says four. Oh, these are good numbers. Munir says four. So I think each of you has got at least 10 people already. One as you relocated. Okay. Doesn't matter. Okay. So before I get into the demo, Ted, Ted got, Ted's got three, which is good. Before I get into the demo, one last exercise, think about your personal connections. Anybody that you could simply pick up the phone and ask for a referral. It could be somebody for somebody in your family it could be a close friend it could be a past colleague because i'm going to show you how to see who they're connected to right and make a proactive ask so think of somebody that has access somebody you could simply call pick up the phone or write an email and you could you know get in touch with them and they would respond who has access to your potential buyers okay so I'll give you a minute for that because this should be fairly easy. List those down. Okay, good. So maybe let me see the numbers on, the, on, on that. Friends and family, warm introductions. Okay, two or three with some overlap from previous lists. Uh, three, five. Okay, good. So this is good work. Okay, so keep those folks in mind, especially the, the clients 
the, the former clients and your warm introductions, because I'm going to show you how you can now ask for new referrals, right? We've talked about the prospects. You can re-engage your prospects and those that haven't responded. And now I'll show you how you can get new referrals. Okay. So I'll, I'm sharing my screen. Let me know if you can see my screen. You should see my sales navigator. Just somebody type in the chat or my LinkedIn. All right. So you're looking at my LinkedIn and so I'm not sure how many of you use this tool called sales navigator. You'll see it in the top right-hand corner. So I use it a lot because I think it's, 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 it's really useful. It, it's nothing but a premium tool of LinkedIn. Okay. And it has some sophisticated filters, some better filters than the free version of LinkedIn has, and it gives you better search results. You, you really be, you're able to pinpoint who you want to focus on and, and, you know, pinpoint specific individuals in your target market. Okay. So this is what the home screen looks like. Now, this tool is a paid tool. I pay around hundred dollars Canadian per month, but you don't have to buy it. You can sign up and you get a month free, right? So just use that. If you're not, if you don't want to buy the tool, then just use the free version for about a month. There's a lot you can do with it. And I'll show you exactly what you need to be doing. So once you have access to the tool, go to the homepage. Now all this, this, the recording of this session will be put up, put on YouTube in a day or two. So just go and I, I think I'll send you guys an email. So you'll have this demo as well. So you go to the homepage of Sales Navigator and you go to the search bar and you put in your client name. Okay, so let me just, I'll use, I'll use one of my clients. So Jim is, is a client and you'll see his LinkedIn profile pop up on Sales Navigator. Now, the good thing about Sales Navigator is that it allows you to see your connections, connections. This is one of the, the biggest values I find of Sales Navigator. You can't do this on the free version of LinkedIn. You can't see your connections, connections on LinkedIn. On Sales Navigator, for some of you, for most of your connections, you will be able to see their connections by clicking this link over here where it says 500 plus connections. And Sales Navigator will show you up to nine, up, up to a thousand results of who, you know, your connection is connected to. In this case, it's Jim. So I can see 1000 people that Jim is connected to, right? That I, I am not connected to, right? For most people, most people, you'll be able to do this on Sales Navigator unless they have deliberately switched off that feature in their, in their settings. Some people don't want you to see their connections, so they'll switch it off in their settings, but most people aren't even aware of this. So they just leave the default setting, which is on, and you'll be able to see who they're connected to. Now, this is important because Typically, when we ask for referrals uh, from our former clients or even warm introductions from friends and family, we go up to them and say, hey, I do this. This is what I do. This is the, I, I offer these solutions. I'm an HR consultant. I do change management. I do IT consulting, et cetera. Would you happen to know somebody? And we put the onus on the referral on that individual, on the person that we're asking the referral from. Right? And then typically what they would say is, sure, I'll keep you in mind if somebody pops up. 
And more often than not, they forget about it and you forget to follow up and so on. And that's just a waste. So with a, with a tool like Sales Navigator, what you can do is you can be a little more proactive and you can go into your clients or your friends and families, Sales Navigator, LinkedIn, provided they have a LinkedIn account and see who they're connected to. You got about a thousand people. And on the left-hand side, you have all these filters, right? Search filters. So you can filter these thousand results by 27 different filters, geography, down to the pin code of you know, your local area, industry. There are not, not every industry is listed, but you got at least, I think about 50 or 60 industries lifted, are listed. The company type, if you're looking at companies that are public or private or nonprofit, put that in here. Headcount, company headcount is a, is a big filter because this is not available on free LinkedIn. You know, you can't filter based on company headcount. So if you're, if you're targeting large companies or targeting mid-sized companies that have, you know, a thousand to 5,000 people, you can't filter that on, on free LinkedIn, but on this, with this tool, you can do that. So it allows you to filter exactly the, the size of company that you are targeting. Okay. Their job title. If you're looking at senior vice presidents of sales, for example, just put it in here and you'll get these results, a thousand results filtered by that, you know, that specific filter. So you can check out the other filters as well. So now what happens is that you have a list of, of people that you can go to your client and say, Hey, Jim, I found Let's just do this right now. So since we're here, you can say, hey, Jim, I found 17 people or 10 people that I, I'd love to connect with. Can we just jump on a call and discuss the names? So um, let's do current job title. Let's do vice president of sales, vice president of sales. So Jim has around, so eight results came up. Okay, so they're all VPs of sales. So then I can go to Jim and say, hey, Jim, I got, I'd like to, Provided that these are, you can look at the profiles and see if they're relevant. Then you can go to Jim and say, I'd like to, I'm happy to notice that you're connected to eight people that I'd love to get in front of. Can we jump on a quick call and, and discuss? Okay. And if, you know, you know, your client really well, and you've done a great job for them. Most people will say, yes, let's do it. Let's do a catch up. Or maybe they have a, a new project for you. Right. So it's always handy to talk to clients at this time. Similarly, if your friends and family are in on, on LinkedIn or, or past colleagues are on LinkedIn, do the same thing and then ask for warm, warm referrals, warm introductions. Okay. So that's what you can do. And here's the thing. Well, there's one caveat here, right? The thing about LinkedIn is that people connect with anybody, right? That's I do, I do it as well. I, I connect with a lot of people that, you know, I find interesting or maybe potential clients, et cetera. So I don't know everybody personally. So in these results, you may have, you may see eight people, but your client, Jim, may not know all of these folks personally to give you a referral. So that's why it's important to go to him or go, or go to her with at least six to eight names, or go up to 10, for example. So if you present 10 names to your client, you know, there's a good chance that they may, they, they may actually know one or two people in those, among those 10, right? So if you get two referrals from, from a client, then that could be pretty good. That's a, that's a decent result to get at least a couple of referrals from, from your client. 
And for those people that you that your client doesn't know, you can simply ask permission from your client saying, "Hey, I'm gonna. Hey, Jim, I'm gonna. You don't. I know you don't know Vijay Sharma well, but do you mind if I reach out to him and connect with him and and tell him that, you know, I know you, right? So you get your you get permission to name drop and add the other folks to your network anyway, right? And just at least to send the send a connection request and they may connect. So do that for, for new referrals and see how it goes. Any questions so far? Just pop in the chat. We've got five minutes. So if any of you want to come on, then I'm happy. Kyle, are you, are you from Microsoft? You notice an ad at the top? Yeah, Nelson, sales navigator. Yeah, you know, I find it, I find it pays for itself, but you don't have to buy it if you don't want to, but you still get a month free and you can use it for a month doing these things and you'll get some referrals. I did use it for a month free. Um, oh, you did? Okay. And I did use it for like six to eight months after that. I just found it very expensive for the results I was getting from it. So I stopped it about a few years ago. Okay. But I will, if you'll allow me, I'll tell everybody a very quick story about the power sure. of LinkedIn. Sure. Go I've ahead. got, I've, I've, I've got the greatest networking story ever told about LinkedIn. At least I think so. In 2000 and uh, in the mid to late 2000s, I was doing PR. I do public relations work for Deltone U.S., and Deltone Canada. Uh, and every time I get a media hit, it, whether it doesn't matter what client I get it for, I always post it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So a CEO of a competing hearing aid company, which is a global company, which has an office here in Cambridge, had, was on my LinkedIn. I saw that it, you know, it shows you who's on your LinkedIn for the first two or three. I saw that he was on LinkedIn and I saw that he looked at one of the posts that I'd public that I posted about a, me a media hit, a television piece that I'd gotten for Deltone in the US. And I saw his name and I saw that he was the CEO. So what did I do? Picked up the phone and called. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it was a Friday afternoon at four o'clock. Receptionist picks up the phone, says, oh, he's left for the day. I'll put you through to his, to his car. I figure I'm going to get his cell phone in his car and I'm going to go right to voicemail, right? He's driving along and he actually picks up. Mm -hmm. So I told him, said, I know, I said, I know that you were on my LinkedIn. I know you saw the media hit that I posted for Belltone. I said, I've been doing their PR for a long, long time. I think I can help your company as well. Could we get together? <clears throat> said, Call me in another week. <clears throat> I'm tied up. Called him when he dragged his VP of marketing into the meeting, walked out of there with a six-month contract. Brilliant. That's just kudos to you for the initiative. Made the call on front of Friday afternoon, got through to him. I mean, that's what that's that's the that's a great story just to see the power, <clears throat> not just of LinkedIn, but but initiative, right? Like it could be today, it could be maybe LinkedIn, tomorrow maybe something else. But you know, you picked up the phone and you called. And you as shared. I said. As I said, it was it's the greatest LinkedIn networking story ever to, ever ever told. At least I think so. You should share that story on LinkedIn. I do. <laughs> I, I I share it where what it with whatever networking events I'm going to. People love it. Yeah. So the power of power of LinkedIn is is don't my 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 advice would be don't underestimate the power of LinkedIn because you never know when you're going to walk away with a contract from even from people looking at your profile.
Right. Yeah, that's that's the that's definitely one of the the best stories I've heard where you got the CEO. A lot of the times, you know, people say that on LinkedIn you can't reach you know, C-level executives, you can reach other people and especially for larger companies and stuff, but uh, that's also not, that's also yeah. not true because there are, <clears throat> there are LinkedIn, there are add-ons that you can put on your LinkedIn, uh, on your browser that will allow you to find if you, if the email address isn't there, it'll allow you to find their email address. Not only that, it'll might allow you to find their cell phone numbers because I've done that too. Mm -hmm. So I've used that to seek people out. In fact, just as an aside, a year ago, I was looking to find nothing to do with networking for business, but I was wanting to get some review. Fire, the new Fire Stick was coming out and it wasn't out yet. And I wanted to get reviews from tech, 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 techie people who had reviewed it before it was on the market. And so I used my LinkedIn to find these people and it had their cell phones. And I picked up the phone and called them and, where'd you get this number? I said, I've got extra add-ons on my browser. If you, you know, it scrapes the internet. If you're, if you, if your number was ever out there before, it would have scraped the internet and found it. I said, I know you reviewed the Fire Stick. I want to know what your opinion of the new one before, because I was trying to make a decision whether to buy one or not. Right. Uh, but, but the point is, the point is not about the Fire Stick. The point is there are ex, there are add-ons that you can put on on your browser that when you go on a LinkedIn profile, it might reveal to you actual email, there's tons of them, email addresses and phone numbers for people to actually get a hold of them if they don't post it on their profile. Got it. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's lots, lots of tools out there. So thanks, Nelson. Those are, those are good stories and good inspiration for, for the rest of you folks. I hope the session was useful. Let me know, you know, get in touch with me on LinkedIn or email and let me know if you have any questions. And when you get results, send me an email, please. All right, I got to drop off. See you folks. Thank you. Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.